I was talking to different ones about uh, 2019, and, and, and really I got to thinking about it. I didn't, I really don't really, I don't think I've had a bad year in Jesus Christ. And, and anyway, I know 2019, uh, me and Karen were talking the other day. It's been a hard year. Uh, we lost her mother and, and her and Karen are best friends beside being mother-daughter. And that was hard on us. But yet we see God moving and, and all of that. And, and he reveals himself and he brings us through. And, and I wouldn't change anything because God is in control. Amen. And, and that's kind of why I'm here today. Uh, my name is Jim Worth. And, and anyway, I'm the associate pastor at Oakton, and I'm supposed to be preaching today. But if you've watched the news the last few days, uh, our bishops decided to make announcements. And anyway, um, you've watched Fox News or CNN. You've, you've heard the, the division that's in our denomination. It's no secret to us. Uh, it's no old, it's not a new thing. It's been a, a battle for years, but, uh, but we see a, a, a way forward for lack of words, but, but I'm pastor Kent and I'm here today. I was supposed to be off, but, but my phone started blowing up the minute that came out. And I thought the church knew all that was going on, but apparently some didn't. And then even this morning at 6am, I got my first, another text about, the news and what was in the news. And so that's why I'm here today, but I'm here to tell you it's okay. We're going to be okay. Amen. Let's give the Lord glory. He's in control. And, and I'm just here to reassure you that, that God is in control. So I'll tell you to bear with me because I threw some things together to talk to you about. Um, uh, the thing that's on my heart has been on my heart is the 2020 vision in, in 220. And in 2020, my wife keeps correcting. I keep saying 220, but it's 2020. But, uh, but, but the Lord's really put that on me that, that we have 2020, meaning clear vision, in 2020. And so I've already been kind of working on that. So I just took all this stuff and just threw it into a bunch of notes today. And so that's what you're going to get, a shotgun, shotgun sermon today. And, but the thing that confirms that, that really blessed me is that, that God knew what today was going to, what was going to happen. And in your bulletin, you see that Norma put in there, John 20, 20. In other words, that same theme I was wanting to do. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord, John 20, 20. Well, I had taken some scriptures and looked up some scriptures of my own that were 20, 20. And one was in Acts. It says, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin, turning to God, and, ha- and of having a faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's what we're about in 2020. The main thing and the most important thing in 2020 is they're winning souls to Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter if they're Jews or Greeks or what they are, that we're to tell them the message of repentance, salvation, and a restoration in our Lord Jesus Christ. And what did you hear all through the music today? God's wanting to reaffirm that in us today through our music. Another one that I read from was in 2 Chronicles 20.20. But Jehoshaphat said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm 
Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Again, pointing us to Christ, pointing us to God, pointing us to the word of God, pointing us to the things of God. That's what will give us clear vision in 2020. That's what will make our path smooth. But again, the scripture that I just keep going back to today, and I know it's generic for this time of year. It seems like if you go on TV, you're going to hear scripture after scripture after scripture on Jeremiah 29. But guys, hey, it's truth. God does have a plan for us. And and he he has a plan to prosper us, a plan to bless us. And, And let's read that scripture today. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and, and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found, declares the Lord. And so that's what I'd say to you in 2020, is that if you want to have clear vision, that you press into God. Because he hears your prayers, he answers your prayers, and he has a plan for each and every individual in this room. He has a plan for this body, and it's strategic, it's laid out. And to be honest with you guys, as I go on in the sermon today, you're going to see how God even laid out this day when I didn't even know I was going to be in the pulpit. That how God is already ahead of the game and knows what's going on, because when we seek him... He's going to lead us in that right direction. So again, the title today is 2020, meaning perfect vision, clear vision in the year of 2020. And we get that again by prayer and seeking the Lord. Um, We will never, ever have clear vision without the Holy Spirit actively moving in our lives. As I can't see clearly... Without these glasses, I put them on and I can see clearly. It's the same difference with the Holy Spirit in your life. When you begin to seek God and begin to seek the things of God, the Holy Spirit will make things that are blurred clear. And that's what his goal is for us in 2020, that we would know. Because the Lord has showed me many of you have lots of hurts, lots of pains. You're needing direction. People are needing decisions made in their lives. We're needing decisions made in our church, in the lives of this church body. We need God in every part of our lives. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Seek the Holy Spirit and his presence in your life. And so I'm going to challenge you as a pastor to accomplish this vision, this 2020 clear vision. I'm going to challenge you as a pastor. I'm going to request you as a pastor to join me in a 21-day awakening and in a 21-day of prayer, a 21-day of fasting, a 21-day of just seeking God in his word and what he has to tell us. And behind me, you're going to be putting on the screen here, but this is a book that I've been reading. I've been telling you guys about it. Uh, this book is powerful, but but it's all the word of God and the things of God. And, and this guy is talking about that when we center ourselves in Christ, When we get centered on the things of God, we will see his vision clearly. So when he's talking about this 21-day fast, it's only chapter 12. The first 10 chapters are centering ourselves in the presence of the Lord. 
One of the favorite chapters that I had in there was the one that was talking about uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it was talking about no temptation has seized you that is common to man, that God will give you a way out. And then James chapter 1 where the temptations, we, we fall into them and, and the steps that fall into sin. And it talks about the steps. What he was trying to say that, that the temptation is when that first thought comes to your mind. That when we have that first thought, of, of, in his excuse, or his example was pornograph. When that first thought of looking at pornograph, that was the temptation. That's when we needed to look to God for that way out. Not when we're so caught up in pornograph, it's shattered our marriage. And, and, and he's talking about that we need to be centered in the things of God from the beginning. And in all things, in our marriages, in our relationships with, with our brothers and sisters, our children, that if we're centered on the things of God, that we'll have a great awakening in our lives. And again, fasting is a part of this. Uh, he talks about different ways to fast during this time. And, and I challenge you guys to join me in this. But, but he talks about the, the Daniel fast. He talks about juice and fast. But he'll get into all types of fast. But he'll talk about the watering, the water fast, the only water. He'll talk about nothing fast. But he shares all the biblical types of fasting. But the one that caught my ear the most was, is he was talking about fasting podcast, Fox News, CNN, all these things that are just pumping in your brain and telling you how to think all the time that you would fast those things and seek God and seek his presence in your life and seek his awakening in your life. So I don't care what type of fast that you choose. And again, you can choose your own type of fast. But when we do that and we get centered in on God, we will experience the move of God because fasting is bringing our flesh into submission to the Lord. And that's what this is all about. And the reason I present this book to you is I'd like to read it as a church. In the back of it, in chapter, I think, 13, it has a 21-day devotion that we can do together as a church body. And, and we can go through this devotion together and, and study together and pray together but he talks about the acronym SOAP, which is a way to dissect the word into to put it into practice. And it just is some great teaching on the things of God. And what I plan to do is start teaching on this during that 21 days on thoughts that he may had during this time. But also, and when you're going through this, you read Devotion Day 1, you click at the bottom and it'll take you back to the book and you can read the book in 21 days. But it's an excellent thing, and it's, again, centeredness on the things of God. It's a Christian book. It's biblical. It's very right on. I got to reading it myself and, and found out that I kept hearing this name, Dino, from Bible college. It was the same Dino Reno I knew from Bible college. Come to find out, this guy was connected in the same Bible college that I went to. And so I know him, but I yet I don't know him. And so, anyhow, I want to challenge the church to come together uh, with this, we'll start this next Sunday. Uh, uh, I was going to kick it off on the 12th, and, and that gives you seven days to prepare and pray and seek God about how you want to be involved in centering yourself together in Christ, uh, whether you want to get the book or what, what you just want to follow along your own way. But however you want to center in with us, you'll have seven days to think about it. Uh, we'll kick it off next Sunday, starting the 21-day fast. And then it'll end on February the 1st, which is a Saturday. And then on Sunday, February the 2nd, uh, we'll have uh, just some testimonies. It didn't dawn on me till the first service today, but, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's the Super Bowl night. 
And maybe we could do that during the testimonies, just share all that God's done during this 21 days. Because I guarantee you, when you give God something like that, that he's going to move in your situation. Amen? And so I want you to be a part of this, and I challenge you to be a part of this with me. Some other things that are going on this month that I think that are exciting and, and pretty cool is we have a vision meeting at Golden City this week. And, and again, we're going to be praying and seeking God about how he wants us to move out at Golden City. And you can see the times and, and things in the bulletin. Another thing I want to challenge you to is I still believe that Bible studies are important. I believe Sunday school is important. I believe we all should be, I challenge you to go to Sunday school just this month. Give it a try and, and allow God to move in you. I challenge you to go to Wednesday nights this month just to give it a try and allow God to move in you. Fast something and go to Wednesday night. Fast something and go to Sunday school that you'd normally be doing. But I challenge you in these things. On Wednesday nights, we're going to start feeding the, the children and youth, and, and that'll start this week. And then in the, just to plug the youth group a little bit, I sent 48 invitations out to youth that just attend this church. And 48 youth that they have invited you guys out to youth Wednesday night. Uh, some of you, I don't have your address, so if you didn't get a book it's for an invitation, it's because I didn't have your address, but any youth 6 through 12 is invited out Wednesday night. And guys, I've got a big teaser this time, and, and I don't like paying people to go to church, but there's a $100 door prize this Wednesday night to kick off this year. That's how important it is for me, and we're going to be sharing a little bit more about this vision through our youth group. So anyway, that's some things that that are exciting and going on in 2020 that I believe God's calling us to be about. In other words, to get so, uh, so focused in on him that the vision clears up and the goals clear up that he wants us to do in our personal lives, but also in the lives of this body. Now, in saying all that, I've been praying and seeking God on some goals that, that I believe that the, the church needs to be focusing on. And, and I, my hand's been pushed. I was going to talk about this next week a little bit. But three things I believe the Lord's put on my heart. And I'm going to start with the third one and go to the most important one. And I'm not saying these are in order of importance other than the first one. The first one I think is the most important thing we're to be about in 2020. But the, third, the first thing I want to talk to you guys about today is paying off the building debt. Uh, I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to pay off this building debt, debt as soon as possible. And, and I went in and talked to our banker the other day and, and, and to see where we were at. We're around 471000 uh, But when, I, when you hear me say that, uh, it's probably tripping you up and you're probably thinking, man, we can't do that. That's going to take a miracle. What did Joel say earlier? We couldn't save ourselves. That took the blood of Jesus and a miracle, right? We can't live in righteousness. That took Jesus and a miracle. We couldn't leave, live in peace. That took Jesus in a miracle. And God can take care of this if he's called us to do it. And so that's the number one goal in 2020, or the third goal in 2020, is to pay off the building debt. And when I was talking to the banker, the first thing out of his mouth was, he goes, didn't you guys do that like two or three years ago when you bought Oakton Carthage? And he goes, didn't you raise that money and pay it off in a week? Man, just think, didn't that miracle grow? Actually, it was around three weeks, but we were able to pay cash at Oakton Carthage in three weeks for that facility. 
And the funny thing is, he goes, now exactly how much was that? And I go, you're the banker, tell me. And it was 260000 to $300 is where it was in, that ballpark. And he goes, well, I'll take the time sometime and point that out. We'll get that number. But we did it in three weeks. But the miracle he heard and the rumor he heard was one week. And God's just asking us to look at this in 2020 and that to be our main goal. A lot of you may be asking, what, why the change of heart? Why the change of mind? As we were praying about this, and, and to be honest with you, the apportionments. We'd been withholding our apportionments because we didn't agree with some things going on in the system. And it was coming December, into December, we needed to decide whether to go ahead and pay them or not. And I, we were praying one morning, and the Holy Spirit spoke to us, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar's, and give to God what belongs to God. And the Lord told me then, go ahead and pay them. Go ahead and make this step of faith. And, and I've been kicking around. I've been scared to announce it. Guys, you don't know how hard yesterday the devil was attacking me. You're a fool if you're going to get up in front of them people and say that. Because our flesh doesn't believe it. My prayer all day yesterday is, Lord, give me the faith to be able to get up in front of them and say it. Because that's what God wants to do. And then you say, well, why do you want to do these things? Why do we need to pay it off? And so we can focus on the ministry more. And that's what the Holy Spirit told me is that we'll be able to do so many more things. Just think of this minimum payment that we pay. Some years we pay more on principal, some years we don't. But the minimum payment we pay is forty-five to 50000 Just think if we could sock that strictly into ministry. That if we could have the freedom to, to minister to people with those extra funds. And so that's another opportunity. Last week, the Lord kind of confirmed this to us. There were so many needs that, that are out there. There's so many needs in the world. And it seems like we can't even touch the surface of them all. And last week, I had an offering up here for year-end building giving. And I had a, an offering up here for the, the, the general fund or the general fund that we could give extra above our time and our tithe or excuse me above our tithe and with an offering. And and then I had gotten a call from Liberia that the church we support over there, one of the churches we support, they didn't have an electricity. Their generator had burned up and they wanted a generator. And I thought to myself then I wished we had the cash to just send it over. And, and anyway, I made that announcement last Sunday. Guys, uh, if anybody wants to give any extra, we got a generator we can provide. It's $1,550. The guys, you gave the money, and we sent and wired the money over for that generator over in Liberia. God provided for us because you guys saw the vision. You guys heard the vision. You didn't let it scare you. And so I thank you, Oakton, for all these things. But again, I say all this, with the building paid off, it frees us up to do more things for the kingdom of God. So I challenge you to be in prayer about that this year. How can you give above and beyond to get this building paid off in 2020? 2020. Two, finding out God's direction for Oakton Maybe a covering, another word to say that in 2020. Uh, again, all this stuff that went out over the news, 
Unexpectedly, Friday afternoon, key bishops and advocacy group leaders proposed plan of separation for the UMC. Uh, Guys that I didn't know that was going out. I did not know that when we went to the bank. Because um, part of the reason that, that we didn't pay the building off was is we're out in the middle of nowhere and we got a $50,000 debt and, or a $500,000 debt. They're not going to want it. So let's just keep that around. And that was kind of our thinking in the past that they're not going to want to deal with that. They'll just give us the building and, and all that good stuff. Well, this comes out after that after we make the step of faith and just trust God with who we are. And anyway, uh, so that to me was confirmation. But part of the article said this, the agreement calls on the 2020 general conference to adopt a process that would allow central conferences, annual conferences and local churches to join a new traditionalist Methodist denomination while maintaining control of their own property, assets and liabilities. And, and that, that's, that's huge right there, guys. That's, that's huge. And, and that's what we've been believing for and praying for. But again, we stepped out in faith before we even knew that to get this thing taken care of so that we can move on. The other thing that blessed me with this in the article, it says the team assumed the Wesley Covenant Association would serve as the vehicle for creating a new traditional Methodist denomination. Again, God knew this was going to happen. He has been moving at Oakton since October 2016 in this. I don't know if you guys realized it, but you sent me to Chicago, Illinois on Friday, October 7, 2016 to meet with this WCA group to see what they were about, Wesley Covenant Association. And if you guys remember my testimony, we drove up there. They were expecting a thousand Methodists just like you and I that believe just like you and I do. And we get up there and we go into a room and there are 1,700 people in the room. Standing room only, shoulder to shoulder, people laying on the floor, sitting in the floor. Uh, when it comes dinner time, they had bought everybody's dinner for 1,000 people. 1,700 people had to do without lunch. But there was such a move of the Holy Spirit, I'll never forget it to this day. I literally sat there and wept because of the power of the Holy Spirit that was moving in that room. Because there were 1,700 people just like you and I that believed in the Word of God and believed in the things of God and loved God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. They're worshiping and seeking Him. 1,700 showed up when nobody was expected to. I soon shortly after became a member of the WCA, followed by the church. Guys, you are board approved by our board have been a WCA, Wesley Covenant Association, member since April 2019. Uh, we're already a part of this, this group. Uh, November 9th, I took Jim and, and Embar, and uh, we went to Tulsa because I wanted Jim and Embar to see the WCA for themselves and check it out for themselves. Again, such a move of the Holy Spirit. Now it's quadrupled thousands of people. They were there. I think there was 2,200 there and they were broadcasting it by satellite, all these other places. But again, a great move of God uh, that, that we experienced then. So much that when Jim come back, that Jim approached me, Pastor Jim, and he said, kid, we need to introduce this to the congregation. The congregation needs to see the WCA, the Wesley Covenant Association, for themselves. Guess what, guys? That's what tonight is, the 5th and the 12th. We're going to be showing you the same thing we saw 
by video, the same thing we saw that weekend, so you can see for yourselves who the WCA is. Well, the thing that's neat about this whole deal, we didn't know this broadcast was coming out. We didn't know the bishops were going to put out what they put out, but the Lord did. Uh, we're probably the only church in the state of Missouri that has already got a meeting planned around what already happened because God's ahead of the game. God is in control and God is leading and directing us and guiding us. Now, does that mean we're going to join the WCA? Does that mean that we got to be a part of that? doesn't mean we have to. It means we can look at it as a congregation and see where we want to go because I believe that this, this is going to open a door for us to go out and do whatever we want to do. But again, it does not matter until after May the 15th. This has got to be voted on by the, the, the big meeting up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And, and, and I'm sure it's going to pass. And then we'll be able to go do what we feel we need to do as a church. And guys, I would have never dreamed that that would have happened and been able to do keep everything the way it is. But God did. God's in control. So the Holy Spirit orchestrated these meetings, this awakening. And I, again, believe this 21-day fast and prayer is so important because, again, we're seeking God on paying off the building, but we're seeking God in a covering. God, where are you taking us to? God, what do you want us to do as a church? We need to pray, discuss, answer questions, and see what God wants to do with us as a, as a, as a church. Amen? So I challenge you to come out tonight at 5 o'clock and then again next week for this. And we're just going to be sharing and we can answer more questions and, and, and just a time of, of being able to minister to each other. And the first thing I think is the most important thing for 2020 or 2020, but our mission is still the same. Oakton, we are called to go, save, disciple, and sin. That's why I love old Keith. The first service he's sitting right here, he just started blurting out what I was going to say. Keith knows our mission statement, and it's to go save disciples sin based on Mark 16, 15, when Jesus' words were, go to all the world proclaiming the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands and they will drink deadly poison and it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. God has called us to go and save people. God has called us to disciple these people. And you can see by the the scripture here, Jesus said, I'll give you signs and wonders to confirm it. We've been anointed and appointed for this and it needs to be our main goal. But guys, I'm going to say something I believe the Holy Spirit has told me to say. And it may not pertain to some of you, but it may to some of you. But I say, what is your excuse now? And I believe the Holy Spirit has really been speaking that to me. Because over the past two years, Oakland has shown a loss in numbers and a lack of commitment supposedly over the sin of homosexuality. It's dealt with. So what's going to be our excuse now? You see, I'm not trying to be mean today. But if God's called you to set your seat in this church, then nothing should keep you from this church. That's 
And if you're not sure God's called you to this church, if you come every Sunday, you probably are. What will our excuse be now not to give of our time, our tithe, and our talent? Homosexuality is no different from any other sin. So will we find something else? Because sinners are always going to be in our church. Will we make excuses on why not to give of our time, our tithe, and our talent? It reminded me of the churches in Revelation. Jesus approached every church in, that, in the seven churches, and five of the seven had sin situations in their churches. And some of those were homosexuality. Some of those were this, some of those were that. But we as a church, as things come in, we keep our eyes focused on Jesus. We stay centered on Jesus. And we love people with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and we stay unified in the things of God with each other and with Christ. And no, we don't like any sin. But we don't separate it out any different from any other sin. But so many times we find an excuse on why we don't give of our time, our tithe, and our talents. You can look at me and say, he's fat and ugly. A good pastor shouldn't be fat. If you really want to get down to it, this is obesity. Yeah, I try to take care of it, but I don't have the willpower to do it sometimes. So you could use that as an excuse not to give you your time, your tithe, and your talent. But we can always find a reason. And yeah, I do feel refreshed that that monkey's off my back. But mainly because I'm tired of dealing with people about it. Mainly because I'm tired of begging people to serve God when things don't look good around them. So don't watch from the sideline starting now. Let's be committed to the vision of Oakton and join Oakton as we move out into the vision of 2020. But I do want to thank you, all of you in this room, for your faithfulness and your dedication these past few years. And I praise and thank you for that today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Our goal is to go save, disciple, and sin. Go and save. What's the number one killer in this world today? What's the number one killer in this world today? Anybody tell me? A lot of people say cancer or disease. It's not. It's not the number one killer in the world. Some would say, what I hear? Suicide. Suicide? Nope, not even close. The news media would tell you guns, <laughs> and it's not even close. Any other thoughts? Who said that? You're right on, whoever said that. I can't see that far. 
But that's the number one killer in the world is abortion. Abortion. 43 million, I think, so far that we know about. But the reason I share that with you guys today is culturally, you know, some cultures, if it's a girl, they don't want it. Whatever the culture is, whatever the reason is, people need Jesus. And just for that reason and reason alone, the number one killer in the world, people need Jesus. But I can tell you another, any other reasons. The good old boy that lives a life better than I do, but never has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He needs the Lord. Man, I know a lot of good old farmers around here that that probably lived a better life than I ever have, but they've never stepped in the foot of the church, nor would they. And they need Jesus. So we go save and sin, or go, go save those that need Jesus. And that needs to be our number one focus as a church body. Because our children, our mothers, our fathers, our uncles, our aunts, our friends and our family, I guarantee you there's some that aren't saved. And that should be the most important thing to us. If we really believed in Jesus, man, we got the cure to death. And we're not sharing it with the world. What if cancer and disease was the, the, the number one killing ingredient in the world? and God gave us a cure for cancer, we'd be out there giving shots to everybody. And we got the cure to death, and we sat on our hands. And death's eternity without God. That's the most important thing. There's probably people right beside you that need ministering today that you can reach out and touch today. The second thing is disciple them. Man, we need to love God and love each other like you wouldn't believe. You know, I know that my mom and dad, you know, I'll hear them say things about me that I don't like, but I know they love me. And they, dad's like, oh, I do. <laughs> but I know they love me. And I don't, I mean, if you come up and told me, that my dad said this horrible things about me, I'd still say, yeah, I know he might have, but he still loves me. And if he told you that, he just hopes I work on that. And, and, and we got that relationship. But in the same way, it's that way with Gary Dumb. If he walked up to me, Jason, and said, Gary Dumb said this about you, I'd, I'd smile and say, yeah, but Gary loves me. I know no matter what Gary said, he didn't say it with any bad intent. I know that he cares about me. And that's the relationship. That's the discipling part that we need to get to. That's what the Lord showed me that we need to learn to love each other that way. That no matter what I say to anybody, that if it gets back to you, that you know that that I love you more than anything or vice versa. An example of that was we were celebrating Gary's 60th birthday the other night. He's going backwards now. And, and the Lord just moved over me with this because I thought of all those 54 years that I've known him and the ups and downs that we had, but how our relationship has grown into that to where I've actually had it happen. I've had people come up and say, Gary did this, said this about you or whatever. And I said, no, nah, you just misunderstood. He's not out to get me. He loves me. That's where we need to be getting to as a body of believers, 
at Oakton. That needs to be a goal. In other words, go and save, but then bring them in and let them feel that love that they're protected, that they're safe. I had a conversation with a guy the other day that he said that a lot of these churches are popping up around that, that for the down and out, for this, for that, the unaccepted. Are we not acceptable or accepting of anybody that comes through these doors? I hope we're putting out an error that we are loving people with all of our heart, soul, and mind. But there's opportunities for us to minister everywhere. Our goals is, and again, this is a mission statement, I think two years ago, is to arise from Isaiah 43:19, And if you read that from the Amplified Bible, it says arise from the depression and prostration in which your circumstances had kept you rise to a new life. In other words, kick that junk off behind us, guys. It's a new year. It's a new beginning. And shine, be radiant with glory of the Lord for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. If you jump down to verse three, it says, and people will be drawn to this light. People will be drawn to this love. So in closing today, that's the three things that God has put on my heart today if the praise team would come forward. While they're coming up, there's several things that we're working on. And again, I threw this together today, but I believe those are the three main things we need to look at. But something else we've already been working on as a church and, and why we decided to start during Advent season, I don't know. But, uh, but we're trying to be done preaching by 9 o'clock, and we're trying to be done preaching by 1130. And as you can see, I've not hit that target today, but that's my goal. And I believe the Holy Spirit has asked us to do that, not so you guys can get up and leave at 1130, but so that we can take the, the few minutes that we have after that to just dissect the word and pray about what God has spoke to us and take time to, to apply it to our lives and to say prayers over it and just a time to be alone with ourselves. In other words, when we do a devotion, you know, we should read the word, we should pray, we should journal, and then journal the results and just see what God's trying to tell us. And that's the reason that I'm trying to get done on our, our 1130. That's the goal of it all. But I'll be honest with you guys, uh, we actually have made it twice and have been 1145 a couple times. And we've been done before noon every time. But you know what bothers me the most? And I'll say it today because it's not a nice thing, but more people leave when I call the altar call than go to the altars. You ought to preach up here and you see more people go out the doors than go into the altars. And just a thought today, just a thought, as we working towards being done at 1130, I still ask that you protect your time and allow the Lord to speak to you during the, the altar times. So these 2020 goals may seem big, you know, paying off the building, that's huge. Exploring a new covering, oh my goodness, Lord, what are you doing? And then our mission, oh my Lord, what are you asking? And then this Wednesday night thing, the Sunday school thing, this, this 21 day fast, God, what are you asking? Man, this is, this is going to take a miracle. You're right, it is. It's going to take a miracle.
But in my devotion today, and again, God is so cool. He's talking, this is out of Revelation 3, 7 and 8. But Jesus was talking to the church of Philadelphia. He said, this is the message from the one who is holy and true. The one who has the key of David. What he, Jesus, opens, no one can close. And what Jesus closes, no one can open. I know all things you do. And I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my words and did not deny me. And what God was saying to them, that, that he's opened a door for them. And they little, realized they were of little strength, but they knew that they could do all things through Christ Jesus, who gave them strength. And they obeyed him and walked through the, war, the door. They obeyed his word. And that's my challenge to you today. That I believe Jesus has opened a new door in 2000 or 2020. That he's opened a new door for us to see him clearly. 2020 vision if we would seek his face. And then he's going to show us the answers to all of our, our, the things that are going on in our lives. And he's going to minister to us. But we must obey his words. And I don't do this much and I close with this today. But as I was, to be honest with you, I got in the shower and just meditating on everything this morning. And that old song came to my mind that I haven't thought of in 50 years. But humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up higher and higher. You know the song I'm talking about? And we used to go around, we used to start over here when I was younger. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And we did that little, what do they call that again? Round. Round. And the, the, the spirit would move. And that's all God's saying is humble yourself in the sight of me and I'm going to lift you up higher and higher. And that's the challenge for two, 2020. Let's stand to our feet today.